0: hi i'm dr pam peak and welcome to episode 329 of her the podcast where you're going to hear the naked truth about her mind her body her life and today oh her resilience could it be yeah we have a terrific show with a regular of ours that you all know and love but before we get into this just know that this episode is made possible by our wonderful friends At Smarty Pants Women's Vitamins, the delicious once-a-day gummies that contain all of the essential vitamins, minerals, and omega oils customized just for women. To learn more, hop on over to SmartyPantsVitamins.com. And here's your first reminder to click on iTunes after this episode to rate and review the show because I love hearing from you. All right, it's time for Her. Her. The podcast,
1: the naked truth about women,
0: her mind, her body, her life. It's all about her. Raise your hand. If you're just tired of this damn pandemic, come on now. All right. See, I was right. Wasn't I? Now the question is, as we're beginning, knock on wood, to come out of this pandemic, what are we learning? Uh, What kind of shape are we in? Because, you know, come on, I don't care who you are out there in the Her Podcast land, you got smacked all over the place with this pandemic and you did it personally and professionally and socially and mentally and physically, and I could go on. So, our wonderful regular contributor, Elizabeth Bernstein from the Wall Street Journal who writes the Bonds on relationships column is here to help us pick this apart. Now, she wrote a recent column called, Can the Pandemic Make Us Stronger? Endurance athletes tell us how. So in writing this, adversity can make us braver, resilient in sports and life. And what what kind of advice can we get from people who just crush it out there in in the sports world so elizabeth welcome back to the herb podcast thank you thanks for having me oh my gosh i so love this now obviously i'm horribly biased transparent for everyone out there you know i'm a triathlete so i'm a nutcase and i love you know to do all kinds of sports metaphors and analogies and back and forth so i just fell to my knees with happiness when i saw this beautiful column you wrote and really you you began before we even get into the beautiful cases uh in the stories that we're going to talk about you talked about something called post-traumatic growth
1: what is that i just love this this post-traumatic growth this is something that's very well researched it's the idea that after a trauma or a major stressor we can grow emotionally basically we can become more confident more resilient braver all these good things so that we actually do become stronger after going through a hard time that's a fact
0: and so whereas i guess people just got used to post-traumatic stress what you're really saying is there's another side to this the other end of it and surely enough it's growth but how do you grow so why did you choose athletes
1: because I, A, I myself try to do sort of some athletic things. I am not a triathlete, but I am a sailor and a diver and uh, try to be adventurous in the world. And so I was naturally attracted some of these athletes or people I had followed for a while. But, but also, if you're an endurance athlete, if you're getting up on an international stage, say at the Olympics, and you're powering through the 10,000 meter race, or you're doing a thousand mile I did a rod if you 're doing these hard, brave, dangerous things, take tremendous training and tremendous emotional focus, you will know something. These athletes know something very seriously and important about post traumatic growth and so that 's why I went to them and i thought wow let 's find out this will be fun for me let 's talk to some amazing athletes who have really accomplished some interesting things, and let 's ask them what have they learned about growing stronger through adversity basically
0: i thought you picked fabulous cases and these people um will most definitely gift all of our her podcast listeners with some neat ways to reframe you know what goes on in adversity let's start with naji ali now he's a 56 year old swimmer tell us why he's so special
1: Najee is really interesting he, he again he's 56 he didn't start swimming until about 13 years ago he watched the Olympics and he was amazed it was when Michael Phelps won all of his medals and he was just blown away and Najee is an African American and there was an African American on the medley that year part of that gold medal winner and so he just had never swum and he thought wow this is something I'm going to learn to do as, in his early 40s and what he does now though so he doesn't just get in the pool and paddle back and forth like, say, I do. He goes out. He lives in San Francisco. He goes into San Francisco Bay without a wetsuit year-round, several times a year for quite some amount of time at a time he's out there you know 20 30 40 minutes at a time uh swimming distances so he's swum back from alcatraz island to the mainland at least 10 times that's a pretty difficult swim and some pretty serious current he, he's he's done some 10 mile swim so he's this person who learned later in life to swim and now is an endurance long distance open water ocean swimmer
0: i i just you know when i saw his picture look i'm from san francisco I'm not an idiot, dear God! It is cold out there. I'm a wetsuit weenie. Okay, I got to have that wetsuit. Um, I'll just freeze to death. And the thought that he would go into water that is 50 degrees—I mean, just seriously, uh, just absolutely freezes the blood in my, you know, in my, in my circulatory system. And yet, look at how far he's gone. He's just into this, and he swims all year round um doesn't matter whatever the weather is and back and forth so tell us about his his experience that helped him understand adversity and resilience
1: It's really interesting. Early on in his sort of open water swimming career, he's not that experienced of an open water swimmer, but he's pushing himself out there. He goes out into Aquatic Park Cove. This is a cove off of San, San Francisco. He goes out there, and the water's a little choppy, but he doesn't realize he's swimming into an oncoming storm. So he just sort of says, you know what, I didn't really know enough to know better. So he starts swimming out, and pretty soon he's being caught in the wave in a current, and he's getting pushed out past this long breakwater into open ocean where he had no intention of going. And so he starts to become very worried, very exhausted. He's frightened he's going to panic, which is very dangerous. Uh, So this is what he did, and this is where this lesson came from that he goes back to, and I thought was such a valuable lesson for everything you might want to do in life. He takes it stroke by stroke on the way in. He stops when he gets very worried and exhausted. He stops, starts to tread water, get his bearings. uh, Then he makes a plan. And he decides there's boats in this cove. They're anchored. He maps his way back. I'm going to go to that blue one. Then I'm going to swim from there to that white boat. I'm going to go boat to boat until I can get myself back to shore. And during this time, he focuses on just one stroke at a time. So instead of worrying about how far he's coming, worrying about the waves. He's having trouble breathing because the waves are coming over his head as he tries to take a breath. Instead of worrying about all these things, he just focuses on his stroke. One, two, three over and over, one stroke at a time. And I thought that was just brilliant. The other thing he refused to do while he's swimming back is to watch the shore. Instead, he, every once in a while, he looks back to see how far he's come, So he can sort of boost himself up. Wow, I, I've made it. I'm, I'm, I'm making distance. Uh, so, again, stroke by stroke, you know, and check your progress. And, and I thought those were just great lessons.
0: Oh, my God. And his exact quote that you wrote was, you can't go from point a to point z in one fell swoop but you can go from point a to point a and a half slowly and then keep going eventually you look back and finally say wow look how far i've come okay so the first lesson i just love stroke by stroke and as someone who's been plunked in the water more times than i can count and have run into uh issues just like this one I can tell you that stroke by stroke will save your life. Literally will save your life. And so you could apply this to everything in your life. Now there's the next person that you interviewed was a professional long distance runner and Olympian. And, uh, this is all about a very special rule that she learned when she was feeling very down about a particular performance.
1: Exactly. This is Alexi Pappas. She is a professional long-distance runner. She ran for Greece in the 2016 Olympics. She's a Greek-American. And she's also interesting because she's a filmmaker and an actress, and she's written a book, a memoir, called Brady, which is actually a fantastic book uh, looking at, you know, her life and all the lessons she's learned. So she was training a number of years ago for the Rio Olympics. This was, you know, those were the 2016 Olympics. So she's training for the them, and she's training very hard and she has an excellent coach and but she had a very bad practice one day on the track and she, and it was very frustrating to her she just could not hit her pace and so she became frustrated she started to cry and she really said she started to doubt herself you know is she going to be ready for the Olympics and and suddenly she's doubting all these years of training and she, her coach a man named Ian Dobson is an Olympian himself he's a former Olympian so he teaches her a rule. And again, this is such an important rule for all of us. This is why I wrote about it. And she said it's the best piece of advice she ever got in her life it's called the rule of thirds. And he told her, look, you know, a a bad workout, you have to understand that's that's part of the game here. He said, when you're chasing a very big goal, or you're doing anything important in life, you're supposed to feel good a third of the time, you're supposed to feel okay a third of the time, and you're going to feel crummy a third of the time. And he said, this is the key. If you're feeling bad all the time, you're fatiguing. But if you're feeling good all the time, you're not working hard enough. So basically, it's a rule of thirds, and you have to accept the good with the bad. Don't let it weigh you down. Realize it's Part of
0: the process i just love that i gotta tell you it's one of my favorites um, of the of the stories that you tell because number one it's easy to remember and number two it just plain makes sense number three it gives you relief you say to yourself i'm really okay i'm okay i'm actually i'm on track i'm all right and i can't tell you how many times when i've done endurance Work like a, say a marathon. Um, and I'm coming along, and in the beginning, I'm feeling okay. Well, duh, you know, I just started and I'm feeling all right. And then all of a sudden, around half marathon, I'm like, not so much. Um, I <laughs> just, oh my god, I have to repeat this whole thing again, um, for the other half. And how will I get that? And I somehow you say to yourself, you set up unrealistic expectations. I should just be absolutely jolly and chipper for the whole marathon well who the hell told you that that's ridiculous you're you're doing something wild and crazy with your body just like alexis and for crying out loud you're a human being so you're gonna have like a little roller coaster of feelings here feeling okay feeling crappy feeling superb whatever and then i began to settle into that after i did my very first marathon and i realized okay this is just the way of the world this is how it works so when i read the the rule of uh, of thirds i just i just love it it just makes sense so thank makes you so much for sense. that
1: thank you and i just it makes sense and she said this is interesting to me too as a writer as a journalist she uses it in all instances, she has to remind herself of this rule of thirds. So when she wrote her book, some and I really relate to this, you, some days you sit down and it's just the words do not flow. And so, you know, you just keep plugging along and trust. You know what? This is part of the process. This is my one-third of crummy. And tomorrow, hopefully, I'll be in another third, good or great. So uh, it, it works in all areas of life.
0: Okay, I love it. Now, this next story Um, This is a little ass kicker. So when I think of uh, ways to really, you know, torture yourself out there, hey, be a dog sledder. Just get out there and mush. And um, sure to form, you found uh, a young woman, uh, 32 years old, who is a dog sledder, writer, and public speaker. She's also an author of a book um, describing her wonderful life, a memoir. And she has some lessons. So tell us about... Uh, Blair Braverman.
1: Blair Braverman's a favorite of mine. I've uh, followed her for a long time. I read her book a number of years ago and just love her because she is sort of a badass. Uh, But she's a very thoughtful uh, person as well. She's not just out there doing something without a tremendous amount of training and focus. So Blair Braverman, she has run the Iditarod and and as well as a a number of other very uh, long-distance Dog sled races, and she lives up in northern Wisconsin, and she uh, is just all involved with uh, her dogs. So Blair, dog sledding, as we know, as you can imagine, is super dangerous. You're out in extreme wilderness. You're far from other people, alone, and you are attached to a group of animals that each have their own strong personalities, and they're pulling you along. So uh, this is a dangerous thing. And and Blair said people are surprised when she, she talks to him. She does some public speaking. In as well she's when people talk to her they're always surprised when she says she is actually a fearful person she's not someone who doesn't feel fear and she's somebody who has to get her courage up each time and she said when she first started mushing and running dogs she would stay up at night worried about every single thing that could go wrong the next day and she would try to think this through like what if i encounter a moose then i'll do x y and z what if i get you know, caught on thin ice? What if there's a blizzard? And she had all this anxiety, and she tried to work it through in advance. And finally, it occurred to her over a period of time that this was dragging her down. This was not productive. It was extremely unproductive. So she decided to do this. She decided to trust her future self. And that's the piece of advice. Trust your future self. If you've prepared yourself, if you've trained, if you've worked hard, if you're a Say you're, you're a writer or you work in your job and you develop your skills. Don't stay up at night worrying. Trust yourself that when the time comes, you're going to figure it out. So her thought was trust your future Blair. When the time comes on the trail, I know enough. I'll figure out the solution if the problem arises. And you know what? It's going to be a better solution for me figuring it out it then than staying up all night worrying about it. Trust your future self.
0: Yeah, I mean, literally it's a brain drain to worry. And women, I'm going to just go to the gender place. Women don't just worry. We pre-worry. We worry about not worrying enough. Um, we're going to go to go right down that, that rabbit hole. And what does that really do? Well, number one, if you wanted to get a good night's sleep, bye bye because the only way you sleep, and this is unique to every human being, is that your stress hormone level cortisol has to be below a specific threshold unique to you. So if you're stirring it up a big, you know, crock pot of, of stress and you keep your cortisol levels too high, well, surprise, surprise, you're not sleeping. Or you have like the worst sleep, you know, you may be able to fall asleep out of pure exhaustion. And then you know, you wake up at two or one in the morning and you can't get back to sleep and on and on and on. So worry doesn't do a damn thing. Now to, to caution people, that doesn't mean that you're not strategic and you're thinking about all possible situations when you're planning um, to do something in your life. You wanna make certain, you know, to take that water with you in case it's a hot day, stick it in your car, always have it with you, et cetera, et cetera. That's, That's actually planning proactively and being smart and strategic but worrying is just constantly playing the what if game what if what if what if and you said those two words you know a lot when you were talking about how she was thinking what if this happened what if that happened and instead now she's actually trusting herself to actually think on her feet and to be able to just sort of pivot adapt and adjust is is that kind of where you were going
1: it's exactly it, and she actually used that word, too, in the interview. She said she, she now uses this approach, trusting her future self, in all the what-ifs in her life. So what if she misses a flight? What if she's giving a speech and the microphone doesn't work? So She, she said, you know, when you're setting out into something unknown, you're bound to encounter scenarios you couldn't have foreseen, and that's okay. This is a quote. And then she said about herself, future Blair is experienced and resourceful. She can handle it.
0: I I just think that this brought back a really funny memory for me. You know, I give a lot of, I do a lot of public speaking and presentations, um, uh, both for media as well as academia and this and that. And I remember early on, I put on one of the things I love to be able to pack when I'm doing a speech is is just a simple dress. I'm into form-fitting dresses, very comfortable, easy to pack, you know, instead of the 14-piece suit or something ridiculous. So I put I put it on and this was you know, before I figured this out and uh, then the mic guy comes in, and he says, OK, uh, where's your belt? And if you think about it, all the mics were always made for for men because they always have a belt. Um, or they could put something in their pocket and I looked at myself and I said, dear God, um, I have nothing. <laughs> so what they now do is they actually, and this was quite interesting, uh, especially explaining this to my husband. So he unzips the dress and he hooks it onto my bra in the back And then he zips it up again. One would hope there's enough space, dear God. And then winds the wire around, because I usually tend to wear one of those fiber optics off the ear. And uh, after that, I got a lot, I got really smart. I wore a whole lot of dresses with
1: belts. Um, (laughs) I've had that happen too when I'm going on TV it's always a little uh, striking when they just zip you down, clip it on and zip you back up
0: yeah and I'm going well this must be the happiest day of your life Um, (laughs) to the poor guy who's sitting there all cherry red and and laughing his ass off but you know it's, it's like I love the Helen Keller adage you know and I just live by it life is either a daring adventure or nothing at all I'm going with the daring adventure every single time right? Exactly. Exactly. I just love it. It's like, okay, go ahead, challenge me. Let's see how resilient I can be. And if I could really smile and laugh my way through this, because many times it's really humor that gets you through it in a big way. All right. Now, speaking of daring adventures, how about Haley King Lamon? And this is all about something you love, and that's sailboats.
1: I just really enjoy talking to Haley because of that. I, we got to talk sailing for quite some time. But Haley is an amazing sailor. She is a, a long distance sailor and, and a big racer. And so, even if you're not racing, say, a super long distance, sailboat racing takes place race after race, out on the water. You can be out there in the wind and in the waves all day long, you know, without a break as well. So that's sort of an endurance thing. But 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 what I talked to her about what I was fascinated by is this race that she did with an all Women crew, they did the race to Alaska, which is 750 miles up the Inside Passage from Seattle to Ketchikan, Alaska. So they do this race. They're all women crew out there doing it. It's going really well, and they're in first place, and she's the co skipper and the co navigator. They're in first place in the middle of the night. This race takes a week, in the middle of the night when they hit a log. Oh, really interesting. These boats race without motors. They're not allowed to have any kind of motor. Uh, So they put bikes on the back of this boat, and they paddle them in low wind when there's no wind. So they're in the middle of the night. They hit a 20-foot log. It stops them dead in the water like a car crash, and now they're worried. They're on a 30 two-foot boat. They're worried they're going down, freezing water. Uh, so they, they they immediately go into their uh, all of their safety measures. They check out their boat. They make sure they're all on board. They're okay. Take down the sails, and then they manage to keep going along, put up a sail, and keep going slowly. Uh, they stay in first place. They finish the race, and they win it. They're the first all-women crew to win this race. So amazing, amazing story. Terrifying when she tells it. And she said, uh, you know, her first thought when she was at the house when this log get they hit this log in the middle of the night is this is it this is it we're going down so the her advice which again I love is recall your courage this is a huge one because we've all done brave things maybe you've given birth uh, maybe you've spoken publicly you know maybe you've paid the mortgage like we've all done brave things and so when you're going through a hard time and, and you need a little extra courage recall a previous time of courage so now Haley takes care of her mom her mom's older Her mom lives with her uh, her mom had uh, fell and needed to go to the hospital emergency uh, recently and so Haley immediately went back to that courage she'd shown in the middle of you know uh, the inside passage off of Alaska and she recalled that in another terrifying moment when she She's taken her mom to the hospital. Uh, so recall the courage, and that, that can really feed you going forward. That's where you can draw strength forever.
0: I love it, and and her exact quote was, I feel like I have superpowers now that I can summon when needed to be brave and stay calm. I know I can handle whatever comes my way. I love that whole issue of superpowers, and, and what it speaks to, I think, you know, it speaks to a lot of things. But one of the things you learn when you're doing um, endurance athleticism is you have to, what we call, dig deep. You think you're already there? You're tapped out? Mm -mm. Dig deeper. Keep going. Keep going deep, deep, deep. Because there's a whole fuel supply there, mentally and physically and even spiritually, that's just waiting for you. But you got to tap into it and you have to be so keyed into the entire mindful present challenge. You can't be thinking about anything else. You have to be right there. That's why I love that word superpowers. Did you love that?
1: I just loved that when she said that to me, you know, because it's what she's doing, but that she thinks of it that way too. She really conceives of it as, you know, I, I gained this strength by doing this hard thing and, and actually having a terrifying experience during it. And then I am going to draw on that now. And I feel like I feel this superpower. I, I'm just, you know, lifted up by it. I think it's amazing.
0: How does how did interviewing them, these four wonderful people and their lessons, how did interviewing them affect you just personally in your own, you know, kind of, how am I getting through this whole pandemic craziness?
1: You know, it really did lift me up too. First of all, they're very inspiring they 're very inspiring people they're very real people you know these these are actually in my mind you know, superheroes out there or super people with superpowers, but they are grounded and and they were they see the challenges they've been through and they're still they talked about how they still push through hard things every day so they're just really people like us in some ways, not not always, but, you know, so I was really inspired, and I really took a lot of these rules to heart. It really helps me, the rule of thirds, especially I'm working on a book. It's slower progress than I would like, so, you know, I try to take that to heart That's the harder days writing this book um, are just part of this process. It doesn't mean that I'm going to be stuck bogged down forever. Um, I, I loved the take it stroke by stroke again, like just finish a few paragraphs. For me, finish you know, finish a few, write a few more paragraphs, sentence by sentence. Um, You know, I always look. The hardest thing right now, I think, for many people is calming the anxiety. Uh, So it's very helpful to hear Blair Braverman, who's gone off and done the Iditarod, talk about her own fear and talk about you know how she has to dial back you know her anxiety, uh, say even in the middle of the night. And and so that's a harder one for me to take to heart, but it's a huge huge lesson and i really try to do that and then again recall the courage i i I do that um you know and i've been trying to do that throughout the pandemic and and but it's such a call to action and a great reminder um for that and then haley you know i'm i'm not the uh, i'm i'm not ready for the race to alaska as a sailor but she sure inspired me to get back out there and that i can do more than i thought i could do on a sailboat or anywhere else so it really impacted me strongly to talk to these people
0: you know, it, it impacted me, hell, just reading it. I didn't have to interview them, you know, go to all that trouble. I, Because I love what you were able to extract um, in terms of the lessons in each case. And one of the things I've argued from the beginning is everyone just needs to, you know, realize we're all human beings. We have a shared experience here and that we need to just take this mindfully, you know, moment by moment. You know day by day and uh you know pack the what if somewhere else you know just you know trash them because the what if thing is never going to get you anywhere and if anything you know when the media and other people not you of course you know stoke fears because you see that in a lot of media like what if this happens and back, and then people just too afraid to leave their home and all the rest of it No, no 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 just take it step by step i mean think about how each of these people did it so the, the swimmer, um, Ali, uh, did it by stroke by stroke. No question about it. And it's interesting. The runner did it step by step, they, you know, um, what was also, you know?
1: yes. And what was also interesting is a lot of them echoed, uh, you know, I didn't, they, we talked about more than just the lessons that I pulled out for the article. You know, I don't have you know, endless amount of space, unfortunately, for each column, um, but a lot of them were echoing the same thing, you know, so they, they were echoing, you know, one time around the track, or, you know, the stroke by stroke was echoed by each one of them in their own sort of sport, and and the need to to boost themselves up by reminding themselves of the, you know, successes and the hard things they did before, and and the, you know, calming their anxiety by trusting their training and their experience. So, you know, they echoed. I pulled out advice for each one of them, but they did echo each other as well, which is also listening to that. When I got to take it all in in the interviews, was also a very important lesson that there are the same lessons are coming out over and over. Najee Ali is not just making up stroke by stroke. This is something. That is so powerful. People doing hard things are doing it, you know, everywhere. And 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 also the other thing that I really loved is, you know, these are people saying, you know, I was really scared, you know, or I thought I got in over my head. Like these are not actually uh, superhumans. They are doing superhuman things, but these are, you know, people. Uh, Just like us, but they're going out there and they're beating back their fear and their anxiety and the negative things that might tell them that they're Failing and they're doing that over and over. They didn't just do it once they're doing it on that track when they're crying by the side I don't know it's it's so powerful. I just I, I love talking to these athletes
0: Well, there's one other piece too that you brought out beautifully in your writing and that is for all intent and purposes They self coach themselves they're self-coaching. Exactly. So they're talking to themselves. Exactly. And, and they're saying these things that are comforting, but they're also based upon excellent training. You know, they say, okay, now come on now. I can, I can swim. I'm a very strong freestyle swimmer. You could say to yourself out there in that San Francisco Bay when you're facing these, these waves and everything, you, every single one of these people was self-coaching. And I think one of the most valuable skills we could teach someone is exactly that, don't you think?
1: I think it's huge, you know, that we need to do this, and not just once, again, like we're doing it over and over again. You know, each moment that's hard for us, you need to coach yourself through it, because we don't unfortunately all have the Olympian coach telling us, but but we can learn from these people. They're telling us what the Olympian coach said, or what what they've learned uh, in their training, and so we do. We need to do it over and over. I mean, I do do this. Like, come on, Elizabeth, like, you know, you can do this. Just finish your next paragraph, or, or finish, you know, the next small piece of this project or you know that that's how you do it you boost yourself up all day um and and these are skills you learn these lessons are also just skills learn the skill of taking it stroke by stroke for example
0: yeah. And my self-coaching involves humor whenever I can. You know, I, I, I do the you go girl, you know, like, come on now, badass time, you know, turn on the badass, uh, let's switch channels, go right to badass. And then suddenly you're just sort of distracting yourself and you're, and you're playing a little bit um, and allowing yourself to realize, okay, I'm in touch with my humanity. I'm also self-compassionate. I, mean, I understand I'm really going through a tough time right now, whatever it may be. Um but you just keep talking to yourself. That's the power of it all. You and, and so uh, you know, as we pull all this together, she's absolutely right. Our last little friend, Haley, when she said, "I feel like I have superpowers, that's because she tapped into her own superpower. That was herself that she tapped
1: into. Exactly, she tapped into that. And, and what's not in the column is we. Haley and I became friends. We just had a great time talking to each other, and talked about sailing a lot, separate from this article. But so she was in her talking. She is somebody who is. She is worried about how her mom's doing. She's worried about taking care of her kids. She, you know, she was she was quite scared when they hit the log in the middle of the night, and they were. 60 miles from the nearest Coast Guard in freezing water so you know she's not someone who doesn't have all the same you know she she has the same fears we would have um, but she's drawing on the courage to push herself uh, higher And, and that's what I just love and one other thing I loved is you know I've done this before and I got to do this with this article is I love to read about these people and you know athletes who have written books especially endurance athletes it's fascinating because their memoirs are telling you basically how they do it how they how they adjust their thinking to achieve these fantastic feats that they achieve and and how they're beating through the fear to get to that point of sort of courage so i I, you know i think it's fascinating
0: i just love it Ugh. No, the stories were absolutely fantastic. Once again, Elizabeth, you have done it. You have gifted us with your wit and wisdom and a hell of a lot of good stories here. Um, Just absolutely chock full of lessons um, and really moments for us to ponder about how we could apply uh, what these athletes have done in their own lives um, to be able to survive uh, adversity, and not run away from it but instead run toward it and figure it out figure it out i just love it everyone we've been talking to our one and only elizabeth bernstein from the wall street journal who writes the bonds on relationships column and this is what this has been all about the latest column which was can the pandemic make us stronger endurance athletes tell us how elizabeth i can't thank you enough once again for being on the her podcast
1: thanks so much for having me i love talking to you
0: oh boy now everyone run on over to itunes rate and review the show and i know exactly what you're going to write oh it was such a great show and i want to hear from you for sure, because I'm Dr. Pam Peek, host of the Herb Podcast. Follow me on Facebook at Dr. Pam Peek or Twitter and Instagram at PamPeekMD. And remember to catch every single episode of the Herb Podcast on iTunes or Radio MD. Thanks for listening today, and please stay safe and stay well.